So let's look at Esther's manner of how she conquered uh, Haman's law after his death uh, in order to learn the solution that you and I even today uh, must have. And when you look at Esther, the fifth chapter, verse 14, the Bible said, Then said Zeresh, his wife, Haman's wife, and all his friends unto him, Let a gallows be made of fifty cubits high, and tomorrow speak thou unto the king, that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou in, in merrily with the king unto the banquet, and the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. Amen. So let's pray and ask the Lord uh, to uh, just kind of speak to our hearts tonight, and uh, hopefully we can glean from this this evening uh, how we can uh, uh, approach our own personal life and uh, the pitfalls that may come and the uh, things the, the enemy the things the enemy might throw at us the darts the javelins and the different things that he would try to set us uh, apart uh, from the things of God and let's ask God just to bless us tonight Lord God we thank you once again for amen your goodness your mercy your love and kindness that you so graciously shown to us and I pray God tonight for the next little while that you would let your word just illuminate our path illuminate our heart amen I pray that our ears would be open our hearts would be open to receive what you would speak into our spirit tonight, amen, in your name, in the lovely name of Jesus we pray, and everybody say amen, praise God. So we read this passage of scripture, and if you want to read on, and if you have not familiarized yourself with the story of, of Haman and uh, Mordecai and Queen Esther uh, and uh, the story, uh, it is a very compelling uh, read. Uh, when you study out the scripture and see that, uh, that the Jewish people were under attack and they were being targeted by somebody that hated them very much. And so we see after they had this plot and had hatched this plot to destroy the Jewish people and to destroy uh, uh, Mordecai, uh, that, e that Esther succeeded uh, in thwarting Haman's plan. When you read in the seventh chapter of the book of Esther, uh, verses 9 and 10, notice what it says. And Harbona, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good of the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. Notice that. Then was the king's wrath pacified. But I have to put but here. Uh, in, in Esther the 8th chapter and verse 3. Notice what the Bible says here. And Esther spake yet again before the king and fell down at his feet and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman, the Agite, and his device that he had devised against the Jews. So Esther succeeded in seeing Haman, the enemy of the Jews, hang on this gallow, the one that he built and had built and built to hang the Jew Mordecai, who happened to be Esther's uncle. And after that hanging, there were still... Uh, after all of this and after the king took the action that he had taken 
there were still many enemies of the Jews around the empire before his death. And so Haman had successfully arranged for a law to be validated in the king's name that could not be reversed, demanding that the Jews be killed in the month of Adar on the 13th day. So after his death, uh, you would have thought after the king had taken action uh, the way he did that that law would have uh, been nullified. But in fact, the law still stood. And uh, it created a great dilemma. And here is where Haman uh, instigated this law. When you go back to the third chapter of the book of Esther, I'm going to read verses 9 and then verses 12 and 13. Notice what he said. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. This was the whole plot. And then he said, And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it unto the king's treasure. And then in verse 12 he said, Then were the king's scribes called on the 13th day of the first month, and there was written according to all that Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants, and to the governors that were over every province, and to the rulers of every people of every province, according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language, in the name of King Ahasuerus, was it written and sealed with the king's ring. And then verse 13 says, And the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish, all Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day, even upon the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, and to take the spoil of them for prey. So Haman had the, had the ring of, the, of King Ahasuerus with the ring signet emblem on it to validate any law that it, never, that, that it never would be reversed. And so after Haman's death, the ring itself was given to Mordecai. And so was the house of Haman given to Mordecai. And then chapter 8 and verse 2 of Esther, it says, And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. But as we read, the mischief of Haman was still in the land. And so the letters were issued demanding the Jews' death. They had already went out. And they were sealed with the king's signet. So to all those that received it, amen, it was as if it had came from King Ahasuerus. And so despite Haman's death, that law was still in effect. So there was this dilemma after the death of Haman. Haman had died knowing that the Jews would still be destroyed. Amen. Due to his law. And so he knew the king himself could not reverse that law. And so they might kill him, but also they were going to kill the Jews as well. In his mind, Amen. That was exactly what was going to happen. So what, what could be done if the law could not be reversed? 
if the decree had still been put out, if everybody in those provinces received it, amen, and they got that order to kill all of the Jews, men, women, young, old, children, didn't make no difference, amen, they received this order, amen, it was a law, so now what could be done? What had to happen? Amen, because it was a dilemma, amen, it was a dilemma. So if I say to you tonight, many of us as Christians, sometimes we ask how it is that when we look at the cross, we understand that Christ defeated the enemy, defeated Satan on the cross. Yet after the cross, there is this great, great uh, dilemma that we face because Christians are told these truths. When you read the book of Romans, Paul wrote to them in chapter 6 in verse 12, uh, he said, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. And then in verse 14 of Romans 6, he said, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. And then on down in verse 18, he says, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. But then in verse 37 of chapter 8 of the book of Romans, he said, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors, through him that loved us. So we understand that there is this war. There is this battle. Even after the cross. Even after receiving forgiveness of your sin. Even after receiving his spirit. Even after being buried in the name of Jesus. There is still this war that goes on. So how can it be that we have such great victory in the cross. And yet as Christians... Uh, we find many will backslide, many will fall away from the Lord, uh, many will be defeated, uh, many will fall into temptations. So how can it be as such? So there is a, 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 a dilemma here after the cross, as much as there was uh, in Persia at this time as recorded in the book of Esther. Amen. What, what can be done about uh, Christian defeats? What can be done about our shortcomings or the battles that we fight? Because Satan was defeated, amen, but it is as though he knew that he would not go down by himself, amen. And so it's as though there is a law that somehow Satan instigated and before the cross that still stands after his defeat at the cross, Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad he was defeated. Hallelujah. And I'm glad that we have the hope in the cross. I'm glad we have the hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. But what can be done about, about this post-cross uh, 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 and, and post-salvation uh, uh, being filled with his spirit? But I believe the answer is found here in the book of Esther uh, in chapter 8, verses 3 through 5. Notice what it says. And Esther spake yet again before the king, fell down at his feet, besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman, the Agite, and his device that he had devised against the Jews. Then the king held out a golden scepter toward Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king and said, If it please the king, and if I found favor in his sight, and the thing seemed right before the king, and I be pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agite, 
which he wrote to destroy the Jews, which are in all the king's provinces. So Ahasuerus, as we read and as we understand, could not reverse the law. He was bound by it. But there was one way that this, this could be, be resolved or solved. And here was the solution. Now let's read it carefully in Esther chapter 8 again, verses 7 and 8. Notice what it says. Then the king Ahasuerus said unto Esther, the queen, and to Mordecai the Jew, he said, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his, his hand upon the Jews. Now notice what verse 8 says. Verse 8 says, Write ye also for the Jews, as it liketh you, in the king's name, and seal it with the king's ring. Notice, for the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. So basically what King Ahasuerus said to Esther and Mordecai, write some letters themselves. Uh, as as, Na, as did, or Haman did, you write letters yourself. Put these decrees out in my name. The, the king would write nothing. His work was done. He gave a word. And so he told them to write whatever they wanted to see accomplished for them and to use the king's name to validate it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so glad I've got a king today that no matter what I face, I can go to him. Amen. No matter what's in my life, and I can get a word from him. Amen. And I can speak a word, amen, that will be validated by himself the king of glory. So anything spoken in the king's name cannot be reversed. So let's look at Esther, the 8th chapter, and verse 9. What does it say? Then were the king's scribes called at the time in the third month, that is the month of, of Sivan, on the three and twentieth day thereof. And it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews and to the lieutenants and the deputies and the rulers of the provinces which are from India to Ethiopia, and 120 and seven provinces unto every province according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language, and to the Jews according to their writing and according to their language. And he wrote in the king Ahasuerus' name, and sealed it with the king's ring, and sent letters by post on horseback, and riders on mules, camels, and young dromedaries. And here is what they wrote in verse 11 of chapter 8. They said, wherein the king granted the Jews which were in every city to gather themselves together and to stand for their life to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish all the power of the people and province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for prey. So here is our answer. Amen. On this 13th day of May 2020, amen, the answer to the church. An enemy of the Jews could confront any Jew in the month of Adar, the 13th day, and slay that Jew. Why? Because the law allowed it. But there was a second law, amen, that was instigated by the king that said anything that Mordecai and Queen Esther wished to occur 
would not also be reversed. And so that law involved the permission that would be given to the Jews to stand up against their enemies who sought to slay them on that day of that month according to the older law and resist them and kill the enemies instead. So in other words, it gave them the authority to stand up against those that wanted to take their life, amen, to also do unto them, amen, as they came to destroy their lives and to take their spoil. And so they were given this authority to do it in who? The name of the king, King Ahasuerus. So church, let me say this tonight. The enemy will confront you and threaten you with temptations of all sorts, of all kinds. Amen. And the law exists in this world that allows him to do that. Uh, uh, And if you and I stand there and we don't do anything about it, then we will be defeated and Christianity will die. Amen. Our Christianity will die. But there, but there is a new law. Amen. Turn your neighbor at home right now. If you got somebody there and say, praise the Lord, I believe in that. Amen. And, and that new law, if you fulfill the requirements of the new law, then you do not have to be defeated. Thank God. Amen. For the cross. Thank God for repentance. Thank God for, for baptism in his name. Thank God for his spirit. Amen. Because when we speak up whatever we have need of uh, in the time of trouble and demand it and, and, and proclaim it by the authority and, and through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's nobody like him. Amen. What a wonderful Savior we have. Uh, so church, when the enemy comes against you, uh, don't, don't stand there and, and, and just take what he's got to throw at you. Speak up. Don't be afraid to say in the name of Jesus, I come against you, amen, through the power of that great name and the authority, the blood that's been applied to my life, amen. I, I, I'm going to come against you as you come against me. I'm going to fight with everything that's within me. So call on the name of the Lord, amen. Ask for strength against those temptations that come your way. Amen. Against those things that might uh, uh, try to uh, uh, overcome you uh, and against the enemy's attack, hit him head on. Hit him head on. Amen. And, and uh, uh, you know, many times I speak to backsliders uh, or people that are uh, in the process, if you want to say, uh, falling away from the Lord. And uh, uh, sometimes you will see the weakness or sometimes you, you can see and notice that their condition is not one that that is, uh, uh, it's one that's, that's basically succumbing to the enemy that's coming against. So I, so, so many times I will ask, uh, you know, uh, you know, and we'll talk about it and, and I will try to give counsel on how you overcome these things, uh, how you do that. That's why, that's why I say reading your word, praying, talking to the Lord are such great things in your life because that's how you overcome. When these conditions are coming upon you, you've got to fight them. Amen. When they're coming against you, you got to call on the name of the Lord. Amen. You got to speak to the enemy uh, with one that has authority. Amen. And you got to command him to leave you alone. You got to rebuke him. Amen. You cannot do it. You don't have the authority. Amen. But you can speak, amen, on behalf of the one that's given you the authority. Amen. To call on his name and rebuke him. Amen. And understand this, a lot of people never do this. A lot, of, a lot of times they just let the enemy kind of roll over them and they don't take any steps uh, to uh, withstand him. 
And, and no wonder people fall away from the Lord because they don't set the right principles and the right things in place to allow them to be victorious in their lives. So we need to use the authority that we have been given and deal with the enemy in such a way. Uh, basically by saying, you know what? Uh, you come against me, just like David said to Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear, but I come to you, how? In the name of the Lord. Amen. That's where his authority came. That's where his power came from. And that's where his victory came from. Because he relied on the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you just stand there and, and take everything that the devil piles on you and throws at you and you don't fight back, uh, I will say to you tonight, you will be defeated. Amen. So you, but, but you can have... Uh, you, you have within your arsenal the most powerful weapon in your hands. Amen. But, but you know, if you don't use it, uh, you will be defeated. Amen. Because uh, you will be the weakest enemy. So when we read the scripture, we find out that demons are not only restricted to, to uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, uh, from some area of the world that uh, uh, is off the map somewhere. Uh, they are everywhere. And they hate you, and they want to see you defeated. They want to see me defeated. But, but, but thank God that there is a higher law, amen, that, that, that has been given to us. And uh, I believe tonight, and I want to encourage you to take advantage of that. Uh, if you're struggling in your walk with God right now, I'm telling you, the best thing you can do is get on your knees and pray. Walk around your, your house, walk around your apartment, uh, you know, wherever you might be, and begin to just uh, talk to the Lord, amen, and, and realize that, that whatever's coming against you, the only way you're going to overcome it is through the power of the Holy Ghost. So let's look at Esther, the 8th chapter, verse 11, and here's what it said. Wherein the king granted the Jews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together, and to stand for their life. Let me ask you something tonight. Is your life worth standing for? Is your life worth standing? Is your family's life worth standing for? Amen. Your brother, your sister, whoever it might be. Is their life worth standing for? Amen. He said he gathered, they gathered themselves together to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, cause to perish, all the power of the people in province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. So understand the new law supersedes the old. So all the Jews now were commissioned to fight their enemies. Now Paul, the Apostle Paul, experienced defeat as well in his Christian life. But he also found the solution and witnessed of the same truth to those at Galatia. In Romans, the 7th chapter, verse 21, he said, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. In other words, Paul was saying, I've discovered that whenever I try to do good in my, within my own human power, evil was present there to defeat me every time. Every time time. So he called it a law. He called it a law. Now look what he said in Galatians 5 17. For the flesh lusteth after the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these he said are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things 
that ye would. So we see that Satan in, that set in motion the law of sin and death. And, and really, it could not be reversed by God. So we, let me give it to you this way. Back in the Garden of Eden, we read the story where Satan hated mankind. And uh, this was the creation of God. This was his greatest creation, his highest creation. Amen. And so he, he didn't like mankind. He hated mankind. So he tempted man. How? Causing man to voluntarily relinquish the dominion over the earth that God had given to man. Right? Amen. So he caused them to relinquish the, 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 the dominion or the authority uh, and, and hand it over to him. So God could not simply say, okay, uh, Satan, you are now you are now out of the picture. You're, you're zapped out of existence. And Adam, you, you now have your dominion again. Amen. See, God's righteous. Uh, and, and, and since he gave dominion to mankind, and mankind lost it. Really, honestly, lost it. Or I could say mankind gave it away. And now mankind has to get it back. And so the Bible tells us, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 21. He said, for since by man came, came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Amen. But the problem is that every man was born in sin and could simply not resurrect from death. Now, now let me give you a, a little analogy or, or something here. If, if, if you are given something of value and something that's precious or, uh, you know, something that, that most people would say, if you gave it away, why in the world did you give that away? Well, when you do something like that, you do it of your own free will. Amen. And you just don't give that back. In fact, you could do something like that and somebody could say, well, you're an Indian giver. That's, that's the phrase that the, you, you take it back. Amen. You, you, that which you gave me, you have now tried to take authority over it or take it back from, the, from, that, from whoever you gave it to. Amen. It's like one time I was dealing with somebody and uh, they had, uh, they had a, 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 a drug issue and... Uh, they had given a car to the people that they had gotten these uh, drugs from. And, uh, uh, but in reality, the car was not in their name. And so the person that owned the car wanted their car back. But the people who had received the car for payment, it was not within their best interest to give that car back. So you see the dilemma. You can't, they couldn't just go take the car back. You say, well, it was in their name. But here's the deal. The problem was they gave it away. Amen. There was value in it to pay their debt. Let me stop and tell you something tonight. The enemy's always going to come for, come for the things that are of value in your life. You and I have to make the decision that they are so valuable they are worth fighting for. I'm not going to give this up to you, amen. I'm going to fight for it. And that's like the things of God that he has deposited into your life. 
Amen. Don't give those things up. Don't relinquish them. Amen. It's like, it's like Adam and Eve when they were in the garden and this beautiful utopia that God had given them and this authority that God had given them and this dominion that God had given them over the earth, they relinquished it. It's a powerful thing. What, what a dilemma. But, but God solved that answer, amen, by robing himself in flesh. We talk about the incarnation of Christ, amen, and incarnation in flesh as man himself. And, and, and we understand the story that Satan was defeated at the cross. Amen. It's like that old song, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my soul pass away. Hallelujah. Amen. I was there by faith. I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day. Why? Because it's the authority that God has given your life. Amen. So he was, he was defeated at the cross. But the law of sin, understand this. Satan was defeated at the cross. But the law of sin and death still existed and still to this day exists in the world. So man now has to deal with with this. Uh, and you and I, we have to deal with this. And God cannot just wipe that away. But God can make another law. Hallelujah. He can make another law that supersedes the older law. Praise God. Amen. That just excites me uh, to no end. I wish you all were here tonight in the church building. Amen. Uh, uh, I hope you're receiving this because, amen, there's something powerful in this lesson tonight. When you look at Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 2, it says, Amen, Paul writes, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, Jesus, hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the death, burial, resurrection. Thank God for the opportunity that we have. Thank God for that new law that is there for us to partake of and to apply to our life. The new law. Amen, is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So when, when, we, when that's applied to our life, it counterattacks the law of sin and death. Folks, it's not going to get easier in this world. I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. The world is the world. Uh, 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 the sin and its law is out there, and it's going to try to defeat us every day. But, but you and I have this, this, this new law. Amen. Uh, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so, so it, this is what counter counterattacks the law of sin and death. It's the only thing. No matter what anybody tells you, no matter, what, no matter what anybody says to you, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit to enter in. Amen. You must be born again. So, so uh, we have to fulfill the requirements of the new law in order for it to help us. In other words, once again, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. If you want that new law to take effect in your life and give you the authority and give you the power, amen, to fight against the enemy of your soul that would try to destroy you. And, and, and folks, you cannot just stand there and let the in, enemy uh, 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 overtake you or beat you in this warfare. You have to do something about it. You have to do something about it. So, uh, you know, we might, we might ask the question, uh, some people think that by doing something on their own uh, and with their own power, their own energy, uh, uh, that, that they can be successful. And they may think that's what Paul, uh, was what Paul said 
uh, caused evil to be present with him. What, what, what do you mean uh, we have to do something? We have to do something. Well, uh, what we have to do is not uh, uh, combat anything or combat anything in our own, within our own power. In other words, you don't have the power, you don't have the strength within your own natural self. Within your flesh, within our flesh, we don't have, to, we don't have the power to be an overcomer. And, uh, but what we have to do is understand that it's not, by, uh, it's not by my might or my power. Amen. It's by his power. Amen. So we have to speak forth and demand uh, what we require. And, uh, we, we, and, and when we pray those prayers and, and we speak those things, we say it in the name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. We speak it in the name of Jesus. Amen. That is what Esther and Mordecai uh, were told to do. Uh, you know, they, they were told that you speak it in the authority of King Hazareth's name. Amen. With the signet, the ring signet stamped on those letters that went out, it's, it was as if the king himself had spoken it. And that's what I'm telling you tonight when you pray, when the enemy comes against you, you've got that authority to speak in the authority and through the authority of his name. Hallelujah. And so resort to that. Resort to his power, Christ's power. Call upon his name to strengthen you. Amen. That's what it's all about. Satan does not fear your name, nor will he ever fear your name. He will not fear my name, nor will he ever fear my name. But he trembles, and so do the demons. Every demon out there, they tremble at the name of Jesus. Amen. At the name of Jesus. And not only that, but, but we, have to, we have to be living uh, a, a, a righteous, a holy life, a separated life in order for the name of Jesus to benefit us. Amen. We have to. That's why, that's why you, and all, you and I have to stand steadfast in our relationship with the Lord. Amen. And, 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 and make His Word applicable in our lives. Apply it to our lives. Amen. So that we can speak His Word, amen, with power. And, and, and with assuredness that when I say the name of Jesus, amen, there's going, to be, there's going to be some serious stuff that happens in the spiritual world. Amen. And so uh, we want him to be. In fact, when you read the, uh, the book of Acts, uh, let's look at cha uh, Acts chapter 19. And I'm going to read verses 13 through 16 if you'll follow with me. I believe it's on your screen. Notice what he says. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of Siva, a Jew, a, now notice this, and chief of the priests, which did so. And verse 15 says, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? See, he understood, amen, that there was authority in Jesus. He understood that Paul, amen, was filled with the Spirit of God and that Paul was walking in that holy and righteous life. Paul had that name applied to his life. So they understood who Jesus was. They understood who Paul was. But they said, who are you guys? You haven't experienced any of this. In other words, the authority of that name is not in your life. So you don't have authority over us. So when, he asked, who are, when they asked, who are ye? 
And verse 16 said, And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. So what does it tell us? These men used the name of the Lord but did not preach Christ themselves. They tried to use it in the name to whom Paul, Paul preaches that name of Jesus, we adjure ye. And, but they didn't have any connection with that name. Amen. And so, so no, no, ex, no experience. There was no born again walk with God. There was no blessing of God on their life. So understand the solution to this is to speak against the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ and command them to go and conquer his, conquer his efforts against you. But it only comes through a spirit-filled life. Understand that tonight. And so we encourage you, if you're listening to this tonight, and you may not have been filled with the Spirit of God yet, you may not have been baptized in His name yet, you may not, maybe, maybe you've repented of your sins, I don't know, but, but whatever, let me say to you again, repentance is paramount. You have to repent of your sins. You have to be buried in His name. You have to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. That's how you submit. You have to submit to God first. You have to come under His authority first before you can ever speak in His authority. Amen. So, so James, the fourth chapter, what's it tell us? Just simply says, submit yourselves, therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He doesn't have authority over God. He doesn't have authority. When you speak in the, in the name of Jesus, he does not have authority over that. But we have to have a relationship with him. We have to have his authority applied to our life. So, notice this. That submission to God must occur. It must occur. So, notice what occurred when the Jews acted upon this new law in the 17th verse of chapter 8 of Esther. Here's what it says. Notice. And in every province... And in every city, whithersoever the king's command, commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast, a good day. And many of the people of that land be, became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. <laughs> Man, that's something powerful. Notice, let me read that again. And the Jews had joy and gladness and feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Well, let's liken that into our day and time. Uh, you know, uh, I, I look at that as though they were winning souls. In our day and time, that's the way we'd look at it. Uh, live a life, victory, a victory where you enjoy every day as a good day. Amen. I want to win souls. So if I, if I let, the, if I let the, this be applied to my life, then wherever I go, they look at my life and they say, you know what, there's victory in that life. Amen. I, I want to know what you've got. Amen. I want to be a part of what you've got. And it's at that point we can explain to them the power of the Holy Ghost and what the Lord's done in our lives. Amen. And how that we live a victorious life through, through the power of the Spirit of God that dwells in us. Hey, look, folks, everybody has a bad day, right? In fact, in fact, sometimes, you know, uh, 
you know, it could be that we didn't, you know, uh, that day might have been a bad day. We didn't pray that morning, whatever it might be. Uh, and, and, and we have troubles. We have fights, you know, and all that. Uh, uh, and, and really, sometimes, you know, when somebody's having a, a bad day, uh, they'll say, you know, or you'll say something, man, you got, up on the, you got up on the wrong side of the bed today, right? You got up, that's an expression that simply says, hey, what's your problem? Why are you acting this way? You know, you must have got up on the wrong side of the bed. But re- in reality, both sides of the bed can be a good side of the bed that you can get up on. And you can say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what I face today, amen, I have power through the name of Jesus. And I'm going to, I'm going to go out this day, and I'm going to go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. And you, 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 look, you know, uh, sometimes we feel like we've been worked over by the enemy. I think every one of us can probably say that one time or another. And we begin to fight this. And right now, even in this pandemic, I'm here to tell you right now, yes, it's there. Yes, it's real. But greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. God still has all power in heaven and earth. We just need to keep our lives in line with his word and, and what he wants to do and, and, and in our lives. So uh, I, I believe that. Amen. I believe you can do that. Paul writes again, Galatians 5 and 16. He said, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not do what? You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. So, so long as we walk in the Spirit and we lean on the power of Christ, amen, fulfilling that higher law, we can stay above fulfilling the lust of the flesh and sinning. Amen. Granted, we're gonna we're gonna fight. We're gonna find things. Amen. Granted, it takes time to to, to uh, uh, learn to do this in your life. Amen. But you gotta stay at it. Stay at it. Amen. And even at home where you're at right now, it's not time to take a time out or 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 to think that spiritual things don't matter anymore. I'm not really out among the world. I can just kind of sit back, take it easy, uh, and, and, and just let, you know, let, let it slide a little bit. No, you can't do that. Even in your home right now, amen, many of you have, and, and I thank God for it. You've taken that, this time, and you've talked to the Lord, and, 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 and I expect that all of us, when we come back to church here soon, real soon, that we're going to see uh, 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 something fantastic happen in our midst. I'm believing that, because I believe we're all Amen. Learning to lean on the Lord, like the song says. Uh, learning to lean on Him. Learning to lean on the power, amen, of, of Christ. Learning to lean on His, his power, the arm of his, of his power and strength. So uh, I, I believe we need to stay above uh, what Paul talked about with Him. I walk in the Spirit and I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. It's there, amen, but I just won't fulfill it. Amen. I see it, but I won't fulfill it. Amen. It's walking by me, but I won't fulfill it. Amen. It's in my area, but I won't fulfill it. Amen. That's, that's what Paul's talking about. Amen. Walk in the Spirit. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, don't excuse uh, your fleshly desires and your spiritual laziness uh, in not learning to walk after the Spirit by saying you simply cannot have that kind of victory. Any of us can have that kind of victory. We can all see victory in the Lord. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's in the Word of God. Amen. Believe the Word of God. Believe the book. Amen. And, and this is how the following verses are enjoyed by us out of Romans. And uh, uh, I'm winding down, but Romans 6, the 6th chapter, 
uh, verses 12, 14, 18, and also chapter 8, verse 37. I'm going to read them again. Notice what he said in verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Verse 14, Paul said, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. In verse 18, he said, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. In chapter 8 of Romans in verse 37, he says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So the solution, amen, to our dilemma is in the cross. Amen. Understand it. it it's similar to trying to defeat the law by gravity. There's another law that defeats the law of gravity. It's called the law of aerodynamics. Amen. You fulfill this law, the second law, and you can defeat the law of gravity. Amen. Believe you me, there's times when I'm in 30, 35,000 feet in the air, and all of a sudden I'm holding on to my, my, my seat, and I'm thinking, wow, how is this thing stand, staying in the air like this? How are we flying this far up? The law of aerodynamics. They figured it out. Gravity says what goes up must come down. Amen. But yet, in fact, when I fell on New Year's Day, uh, trying to get over the gas pump, not paying attention, got my foot caught up, and I felt, I wish I had a little bit of aerodynamics right then, and I wish that, you know, you know, I wish the, the angels would have just come underneath me and lifted me up. Didn't happen that way. Amen. And so I hit, I hit the turf. I hit the concrete. Amen. But the, the thing of it is that that's what the Spirit of God is there for. Amen. The very thing that says I can't do it, amen, I, I, you know, I might be up and I'm going to come down. The very thing that speaks that to our lives, amen, doesn't want us to understand what it means to walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit means there is another law, amen, another law that's going to lift us up, amen, hallelujah. And so we can defeat that, amen, amen. The law of sin and death says that when you try to do good, evil, as Paul said, is present with me. Haman hated the Jews. The Jews that serve God, also the enemy hates you, the Christians who try to live right and, are become, and have become the objects of Satan's hatred also. As, hate, as, as, as uh, Haman hated the Jews, Satan hates you. And this is why the devil tries and tries to get ways of destroying the church of God. But the law of the Spirit says that if you refuse to live by your fleshly powers and choose to call upon the name for strength and victory and then yield yourself to the power of God, amen, yield yourself to the power of God, amen, waiting for it, you will overcome the law of sin and death and you will, you will live a life above, enjoy a life above sin. So, so here's where we're at, amen, here's where we're at. I, I believe that, that as a church, we need to loose the power of God right in the midst of this uh, virus that we're going through. Amen. I know the churches around the world, they are loosing the power of God in their lives by fulfilling the law, walking in the Spirit. Amen. Living that life every day. And when the day arrives, you will be able to withstand the enemy when he comes against your life. Just as, as the Jews did back in that day and time. Amen. They got a word from the king. Amen. They got a word from the king. You don't have to allow them to destroy you. Pick up your weapons, be arrayed in battle, and when they come against you, you be waiting for it. Amen. Don't, don't just, just, just one day 
be weighty. The enemy will come against you. Amen. But if you stay packed up, prayed up, ready to go up, God's going to do something great in your life. Amen. So let me tell you, let me read something to you here, and I close with this, Esther 9, Esther chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Here's the story. Now in the twelfth month, that is the month of Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's command, commandment and his decree drew near to be put into execution. In the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, though it was turned to the contrary that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. The Jews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of the king of Ahasuerus to lay hand on such as sought their, sought, sought their hurt, and no man could withstand them, for the fear of them fell upon all the people. And all the rulers of the province and the lieutenants and the deputies and the officers of the king helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. For Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame went out throughout all the provinces. For this man, Mordecai, waxed greater and greater. Thus the Jews smote all their enemies with the stroke, with the stroke of the sword and slaughter and destruction and did what they would unto those that hated them. Folks, let me tell you tonight, it's in our hands. It's in our hands. We must take the truth of the Word of God and, and apply it to our lives and live it this way every day of the week. Amen. Let me say it again. It's in your hands. So speak up. Amen. Put yourself where you need to be in the hands of God and then declare, then just speak it through the power of the name of Jesus. We're so glad that you are with us tonight. And I want to say to you, amen, that it's important. Let this word be applied. I hope, I hope this word has been a blessing to you and maybe an encouragement to you tonight uh, uh, for what you might be going through. And so I say to you that, that if you will, just give him your all. God's going to do some great, something great in your life. Amen. We're going to close in prayer tonight. And once again, I say thank you for being with us. Uh, this evening. But if you'll join with me, we have a request tonight. Uh, Sister Shirley Young is not feeling well. Uh, you know she's had her battles with uh, hospital stays and sickness. And uh, uh, let's just pray for her as well at the end of this service that God would uh, uh, touch her life and that peace would be there in their house. Amen. And that God would touch Sister Kim and Brother John as, as they are trying to handle uh, her sicknesses and, 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 and help her uh, along the way. So let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this service, your wonderful blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Thank you, Lord God, that, that your word is forever true. And I pray that you will take your word and let it be a blessing to our lives. Amen. Let us, as saints of God, amen, let that word be applied and, uh, and, and, and let it be used uh, uh, through us as we speak, amen, with authority through your name. Amen. I pray, God, that you'll bless each and every one of us tonight. And Lord, we got, God, we pray for Sister Shirley Young. Amen. We pray a healing touch upon her body. Amen. That you would minister to her right there where she's at. Let the angel Lord encamp around about her and give her peace. Let strength be upon her body. Amen. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Amen. God bless you.